You're listening to Radio Sega, and this is the Sega Lounge. Sit back, have a drink, and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. I'm your host, KC, and I'm joined this week by none other than Viper. Hello, Viper. Oh, no, it's me. I'm here. Yeah. Oh, no. What's up? Oh, no. You're sick of me now, but I'm here anyway. Yeah, deal with it. So, Viper, thank you, you for joining me this week. Um, we have a, a, a very nice interview. Um, a bit, you know, explicit. Um, explicit Cover language. Your children. Yeah. So if there's children in the house, please leave. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but it's a great interview. We had uh, Lake Fepperd, or we'll, we have Lake Fepperd on the show this week uh, to talk about Spark the Electric Jester. Right. So who is uh, obviously a jester? He's who, electric. Obviously, you know. Yeah. So pretty much that's the game in a nutshell. Uh, so yeah, if you don't want to listen to the interview, you can just quit because we just spoiled the whole plot. Maybe not. Just close down your, whatever you used to listen to the show. Close your Discord and and go outside. Just leave. Go outside. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that place. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's 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 a great interview, by the way. We we're, we'll be playing some music from the game as well throughout the show. So if you're interested in that, it's it's got a great soundtrack. Uh, we'll be sharing some tracks, um, and we've also got the news with Shedded and uh, uh, Memories of Sega with A Winner Is You. So it's it's always nice to have these uh, regular segments of the show. And thanks to our friends at LizardCube and Dot Amu. Uh, we've got a review. Yes, we've got the review of the recently released Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap. It came out this Tuesday, so I Need Fruit is sharing his own thoughts on the game. Spoilers, it's awesome and you should buy it. So that's coming later on during the show. And as well, this week we have the Sega Launch Challenge back. Uh, last week we, we didn't have one. But this week we have quite an interesting round of Sega Jeopardy with Lake Feppard. Um and it's it's something else. That's all amazing all guessing skills. <laughs> yeah, amazing guessing skills. <laughs> Excellent. I'm yeah. yeah. Uh, don't forget to join us on Discord, radiose.ga forward slash Discord, if you want to chat with us. Uh, or you can also tweet at Radio Sega. And use the hashtag the Sega Lounge. Uh, but let's start with this week's news. So uh, just take a listen to the news desk with Shedded. News desk. Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Sega News Desk. This week we have some great content for you coming from the world of Sega. But we're starting off with last week's news desk poll. On which Sega published Platinum Games title would you like to see release on PC? 57 of you voted for Bayonetta 2, 
17% on Anarchy Reigns and 13% on Vanquish. In my opinion, I'd love to see Vanquish released because that's the greatest game, come on. But again, thank you all for voting on this week's poll. But alas, we got some announcements related to space, cars, and fighters. The sequel to the successful space strategy title, Endless Space, was released on Early Access last October. But its full release is now imminent. Sega and Amplitude Studios have announced that Endless Space 2 will release on the 19th of May. The game has had some very positive reviews during its early access period, so hopefully the full release will be as great. The game is available for pre-order on Steam for its standard and digital deluxe editions. The spiritual successor to Eternal Champions got some much-needed attention this week, as the game's creator Michael Lapham revealed the results of a recent poll he conducted a couple of weeks ago. He revealed some renders running in Unreal Engine 4, as the team is conducting visualization tests and mockups, according to a post in the Shuriken forums. The game will be called Eternal Successors, a fitting name especially due to recent licensing issues. Daytona Championship USA might have gotten a shadow drop. Formerly known as Daytona Championship USA 3, this revival has been spotted on a Dave & Busters in Hollywood, Florida, in its 8-player gamut glory. Adding to that, the Sega Amusements website does feature a pre-order listing for the arcade game in the form of 2, 4, and 8-player cabinets, but there's currently no word on a wider rollout. With that, we are highlighting the recent releases and updates on announced games. Yakuza Kiwami, the CORRECT remaster of the first Yakuza game on the PS2, finally has a release date. After 12 years, the game will be released to the West on the 29th of August, with a steelbook cover that's now available to pre-order on Amazon for $29.99. Sonic Forces got more updates, both on Weekly Famitsu and the recent Nintendo Direct. These updates revolve, in the case of the Direct, of new classic Sonic gameplay, which is similar to the one in Generations, and the tease of the third character in the game. On the Famitsu side, Takashi Yuzuka has delivered the inter an interview detailing the game that's been in development since 2013, after the release of Lost World, and dropping that the game will make an appearance at E3 this year, in its playable form, and with a reveal of the third character. Speaking of the Nintendo Direct, the final set of the Super Smash Bros. Amiibos finally have a date. These include the Bayonetta Amiibo, with two Amiibo figures with, of her outfits from Bayonetta 1 and 2, and they're all set to be released on the 21st of July. And adding to Bayonetta, the game's release on Steam has sold over 100,000 copies in its first week, in a week full of other releases like Playtonic's Ukulele and Bulletstone Folklip Edition, which is fantastic and a good sign for Sega on PC. <laughs> Wonder Boy The Dragon Strap finally came out yesterday. To celebrate this, our friends at Mega Visions Magazine have released a showcase of the first hour in this remaster, which is now available for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Stay tuned for our review of the game later on in the show. <laughs> Lastly, we'll highlight an update to a recent Kickstarter game. Hover Revolt of Gamers, a Jet Set Radio-inspired game, has fulfilled one of its Kickstarter targets and have included the music from the legendary Hideki Naganuma, you may be 
probably kind of know him as the original composer for Jet Set Radio, in its latest update, along with some bug fixes. Hover is available now on Steam Early Access. And unfortunately, that is it for this week's desk. I've been Shedded, you can follow me on Twitter at DarkwindPT, and on Twitch at Darkwind underscore, because I completely forgot to claim the name a few years ago on Twitch. Anyway, see you all next week, folks. News Desk. So that was the News Desk with Shedded. Thank you so much, Shedded, our sweet soul brother. Uh, and it's time to play some music. Some music from Spark the Electric Jester. When we come back, it's time to talk with Lake Feppard. Right, Viper? Apparently so. I Apparently guess we'll so. talk to him or something then. I love how sure you are of this. Uh, so, <laughs> stay tuned. This is Radio Sega's The Sega Lounge. We'll be right back with Lake Feppard.
This is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. Come on in and have a seat. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge right here on Radio Sega. And this week we have an awesome interview, an awesome guest. It's great to welcome to the Sega Lounge, Mr. Lake Feppard. Hello. Uh, what's up? Yeah, no, what's up, guys? <laughs> that's that's a great introduction. Best one yet, I think, uh, on this show. I'm already, I'm already done. Yeah, so yeah. see, so uh, you're probably really, really tired because you know you've been working nonstop <laughs> for the past few weeks, right? Oh. Well, somewhat. I took more of a break since I actually released the game, and I've been mostly working on some other games. I know there have been some really big issues with slowdown and stuff, but most of those issues are due to problems with Windows and Quick Team Fusion. So really, uh, the best thing I can do about those is really just wait on an update, either from Quick Team or from Microsoft themselves. Apparently, I'm not sure about this, but someone has pointed out that the next update, the next Windows update coming up, the Windows 10 update, is going to be fixing some of the slowdown issues that some people are having. So I'm going to wait on that, see what happens. And we're also talking to some other people in, well, this was talking to some people in Sonic Flame MDHQ about uh, using, uh, creating some kind of exporter or something to just make the game faster overall and not have to rely on fixing fusion. Which okay. is the software the game is being made on, by the way. Yeah. So, so if, if people are, are having issues, issues, you know, just just complain yeah. to Microsoft. <laughs> well, it's both it's both the software and the Microsoft. Okay. It's both of the the software itself not being properly made for Windows 10, as far as I know, and it's just kind of how it is. Yeah. So it, just be patient. It sucks. Be patient. There's really not much I can do because there's there's only so many settings and switches I can flip before I run out of, uh, run out of options. And as far as I know, no matter what switch I flip, it still stays it stays the same way. <laughs> I, I get slowdowns on my own, by the way. I can replicate those slowdowns people get. Oh. But nonetheless, it's, it's still bad. And I don't know why they happen. It's really a mysterious thing. Some people, for an example, have actually legitimately gotten slowdown and then they played the game for a while they stopped they came back later and it was just gone <laughs> it's completely gone for no reason and i don't know why it happened to testers and it happened to people on steam it's really weird the mysteries of game dev <laughs> yeah okay so uh, before we get into that let's some people are probably you know confused what are they talking about so uh we'll we'll talk about that game in a, in a few minutes but before that uh would you like to introduce yourself properly to people you know tell everyone listening to us uh who you are um how <laughs> yeah. did you get into this game dev thing well okay <laughs> uh, I've usually been on the, the internet as Feppard. Uh, since the start, I was a shitty kid called Feppard, but then I played the game called Spore, and then I created a creature called Lake for some reason. And then I went into the Spore forums, and then I, I made myself Lake Feppard. And that's how my nickname came into being. And then <laughs> later, I worked on some Flash cartoons, but then I, did, I just sort of got bored of it, and then I, I played the, this game called Sonic Rebirth. 
And in it, I saw in the credits, Engine Sonic Worlds. And I was like, what is this? I looked it up, I downloaded it, it came with a .mfa file. I didn't know what the fuck that was. Then it showed me, oh, it's a Click Team Fusion game. I downloaded a Click Team Fusion, or a Multimedia Fusion as it was called back when they moved to Click Team. I played around with it. I told, I told to myself, holy shit, this is amazing. I want to make a Sonic game. And before the sequel was made. Okay. Then, so yeah. for people listening to us, still trying to introduce yourself. Uh, <laughs> and so Sonic before the sequel, for people not familiar with your works, by the way. Yeah. So yeah. Sonic before the sequel uh-huh. is a Sonic fan game. Uh-huh. I'm mostly known as, uh, as the guy who made Sonic before and after the sequel, which are both uh, Sonic fan games, which are considered generally pretty good by the community. Most people tell me that like they are legitimately pretty good and uh, it's the reason why they got into making Sonic games as well. A lot of people did get into making Sonic games because of me and found that really surprising but nonetheless still it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm the guy who made those games and uh, just recently I've been this was working in a game called Spark the Electric Jester that just got released on Steam. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, the reason you got into uh, video game developing was because of you know discovering a fan game as well, right? Was that what you were? Well, I was interested in the making of video games, but uh-huh. um, basically, I just I was just making animations and I got bored of that. I was like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And I tried making a Sonic game, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I like doing this. And then I just kept doing it, and I was just, okay, this is great. I want to keep doing this forever. <laughs> Why Sonic, by the way? Because uh, it was the Sonic Worlds engine. It's all I got back in the day. I, I, I never, at least back in the day, I knew zero. I had zero knowledge of programming, like any whatsoever. I just didn't know how to do anything. So, because I was using Multimedia Fusion 2, it doesn't require any knowledge of any coding language. But because I'm, you know, I, I, like, I like to mess with things and just try to find how it works and whatever, I was just able to to figure it out and eventually make a, make a fully fledged game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... They're pretty decent games. Yeah, yeah. And by pretty decent, I mean awful. Get off the show, bye. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're fired. Great. <laughs> oh, also, I'm here. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Viper. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi there. So, uh, like, w- were you a, a big uh, Sonic fan growing up, or Sega fan? Yeah, totally. Or not so much. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know my history with with Sonic, it's basically, uh, well, it sort of started back in the in the when I was like barely had it on my memories of my own. I was very little. I remember playing Sonic One on the Genesis. It was fun, but then. My Genesis broke, and I was out of Sonic games. I had Sonic 1 and 2. I used to play those a lot. They were fucking great. But then, later, I got to somehow playing Sonic Adventure 2 and Adventure 1 on the GameCube, and I thought they were... Not Adventure 1, but more Adventure 2, and I thought they were okay. They were fun. And then later, I got to play on the PC, and... It was uh, Sonic Heroes on the PC, I mean. It was, it was pretty alright. I really enjoyed it, but my PC could barely run it. And then I got a PS2, and then I got into most PS2 Sonic games. Okay. But nonetheless, even though their quality wasn't that great, I used to play a lot of Shadow the Hedgehog. 
I was going to mention that. I was going to mention that. Yeah, you you were saying the quality wasn't that great, but you forgot about Shadow the Hedgehog, the best Sonic game ever created. Oh, of course. The one I ironically like. It's a garbage. But it's it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's just different. I love the music. I love the music, and I love the fact that it's finished, and I love how cute it is. It's a very cute game. But. I don't think that's what they were going for, but you know, still, it counts. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Shadow with a gun. Tell yeah. Me that's not cute. Here, here's the gun. So okay, cute. oh, that's cute. It's like a little kid trying to be edgy. It's so cute. <laughs> Comparing Shadow to Team Rose, it, it works. Yeah. Exactly. And Amy was on that game, by the way. Amy, Queen, and Chow. I don't think Big the Cat is in there for some reason, but they're Why? all there. That's actually a good question for all people listening to us. Is there a, a Big the Cat cameo in, in Shadow the Hedgehog? I don't think, I don't think there think is so. one. I don't recall. I know of a good cameo. The, they, they could have gotten uh, Shadow to kill Big the Cat. That would be an awesome cameo, by the way. <laughs> it so, does sound like one of the endings of that game, to be fair. Hate mail, hate just... mail to KC at RadioSega.net. You know the drama. Oh, yeah. Right also, we, we, should, we should spam tweet that if it exists to, to Aaron on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Go push us on Twitter. Just spam that in there. Yeah. See if you react. <laughs> well, anyways. Uh, Mine with the hashtags. Anyway, yeah, pretty much. And uh, despite of that, I still play games like Sonic Riders and Sonic Heroes, which... I still love to this day, despite all the flaws of it, it's a very flawed game, controls re- incredibly badly, but Sonic Riders and Heroes pretty much kept me on, and Sonic Un- Unleashed, as they call it, like the Wii version of Sonic Unleashed. Mm-hmm. I played that on the PS2, because there was a PS2 version of that, and it you know, didn't have any motion controls or anything, so I actually really enjoyed that game as well, mm-hmm. even though it felt unfinished, and the... I think the Warhog was as bad as it was on the on the Wii. I I uh, or on the I think I enjoyed I, I had the Wii version and the PS3 one and uh, I think I enjoyed the Wii version better than the the, the PS3 uh, one. I, How I, could I you say that? I think so. Yeah. I most definitely prefer the daytime stages in the 360 and PS3 version, but nonetheless, I don't think the daytime stages in the PS the PS2 and Wii version are bad by any means. I think even though they're made by Demps, they're j- just uh, shorter, they're okay, perhaps shorter. I think. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're a bit uh, different. Yeah, they're shorter. Yeah, I heard torture. Same same thing for uh, same thing for <laughs> the Werehog uh, stages. I think so. That's why the game is better because they have shorter Werehog stages. I think. Not sure. No, they're just they're just segmented. Yeah. Oh. Maybe that's yeah. it. But Maybe Eggman Land, it. Eggman Land, the daytime stage is superior in the Wii version because it's just a regular Sonic stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so, weird when I was playing that game, I had to tell myself that I was enjoying playing the Hedgehog rather than the PS3 version. Well, anyways... Um, I, even, so you, even so you basically have uh, been playing Sonic games, you know, even the forever. last yeah. stellar ones, and that's what, what kept uh, The only one that I haven't played recently was Lost World. I have not played Lost World yet. I don't mm-hmm. think I have any interest in playing it, because it doesn't look very fun to me. I, but... I personally like it, but... Yeah, I, not not many yeah, people. No, no, I, I know that it's it's not consensual. So, anyways, <laughs> what what I about? I pretty much skipped those six. I pretty much yeah. skipped those six entirely. Uh-huh. Like that's a game I, ne- I never I never played, and I love seeing people shit on it. But 
I don't think I would have liked it because、mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day, I still enjoyed Shadow the Hedgehog for what it was. But even when I was a kid, I looked at Shadow with a gun and was like, I don't want to play a Shadow with a gun. Remove this. I just want Sonic. <laughs> even back then, and then I see O six and it's even more edgier and Sonic looks fucking horrible. I'm like, no, no this is not. I, I wouldn't、yeah. like that. List.、Uh, I'm glad to say that I never played O six, but still, <laughs>、uh, I never really had anything bad to say about Sonic. I've never been at a point where I've been incredibly pissed at Sonic, anyways. Good for you. Good for you.、Uh, what about other Sega games? So, were you just a Sonic fanboy, or did you play many、oh, Sega games growing up? I'm a fucking huge fan. I'm a fucking huge fan of Super Monkey Ball Adventure. Okay. <laughs> Some people might hate me absolutely for it, but I think Super Monkey Ball Adventure is a slightly better Sonic Adventure. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't listen to that. It was a straight face. I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. I'm fucking telling the truth. You you have to go in and play it. You have to go in and play it. It's like a Sonic Adventure game. <laughs> better physics. Surprising physics. <laughs> Because Adventure One has had some of the worst fucking controls and stuff you can see in the game ever. It's so bad. Oh my god, we just got used to it over time. I understand that, but it's so bad. I don't know. Like I go back and play it, the animations—it's all wrong. Like other games back in the day did this already so much better. Like even into the N64, I'm just like, how did you guys screw this up? The art looks like garbage. <laughs> like what they put about it is the music. No, that was so wonky and weird, and it's. Oh, I don't like Sonic Adventure One. Watch out! You're gonna crash! Ah! <laughs> no, don't even mention the cutscenes. That game has so many great quotes. I love it. It could have been polished because in Adventure Two,、oh, no. you control Sonic. It feels a lot better, but then Adventure Two screws everything over. <laughs> but you know, being Adventure Two. You fix one thing, you like break three other things. Like good job, Sega. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, you, no, you didn't fix it completely either. It's better, but still not quite there yet. You just need to polish that up a little bit more. It was good, and then it's good. Blood of the Moon. Come heroes, and then heroes is bad. Copyright bad. I still think some, in some ways, Sega, at least back in the day. Ah、oh, man, I don't know how to put this, but I just feel like they had some incompetent programmers. Because there's no way those games can be that badly programmed. I, I don't know why. Like, how's the gameplay? The, the primary thing about it, just so buggy. Yeah. And uncontrollable. Like,、mm-hmm. you、Hard、have、monkeys. to be a good programmer to program this this kind of stuff, and you just have to. That's the priority. The priority is that the game plays well. Oh, that's that's quite a big truth that truth there. People these days don't don't think that way. Most people think it's the no, graphics. No, we're starting to think. Yeah, you gotta have the deep yeah, and edgy story. Maybe. maybe that's what that's what the higher ups told them. They were like, yeah, just just let the graphics and not worry about the actual programming of the game.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay,、so、they, they were ahead of their time. Yeah. So back in the day, we cared about、uh, the gameplay, and they started to care about the graphics. But even then,、yeah. even the graphics.、Mm, That's debatable. Okay, moving on, moving on. So,、um, so you you already told us that you 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 know found out about、uh, the Sonic Worlds engine, was it? Yes.、Uh, and then you, you decided to to make your own game. So the first one was. The first one. 
Okay, so uh, what was the idea behind it? Just you know, briefly before we get into uh, um, Spark. Yeah, from what I remember, before the sequel was basically, I wanted to make a Sonic game, and I wanted, I wanted it to be somewhat important. I wanted it to have a story that's somewhat related to Sonic canon. So I was like, oh, let's put it before Sonic 2 and after Sonic 1. Like, oh, it's before mm-hmm. sequel. We'll have it, uh, let's have a story where Sonic meets Tails, and I could, I could do flash animations. So I decided to make some flash animations and put those in the game. That's why you got a little bit of a story before the sequel, and that's how the game got made. Mm-hmm. Very deep plot. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's got a, a great soundtrack. And afterwards, you went and did Sonic after the sequel, right? Yes. And what's the idea behind that one? If, if, if it's right, not so... obvious from the, the previous explanation. <laughs> okay, so first of all, before the sequel, didn't have original music at first. Had a whole bunch of reused tracks from other games, and including a lot of Kirby games, which Mega Choice complains about it a lot. <laughs> but, but this did complain about it a lot. But then uh, a guy named Falk approached me with an email and was like, you know, dude, uh, I want to make music for a game as portfolio material. Then he got in, and I, just, I said yes, he got in, and he saw, oh, maybe this is too big. I might call some friends in, and then he <laughs> called some friends in, and then I called some other people in. Well, by other people, I mean one guy, the guy being Andy, that I saw on the Sonic Frames HQ forums, and it formed a putting. And this thing is still holding together to this day, awesome. mostly. And we have a, had a couple of additions here and there, Lang joined us in after the sequel, mm-hmm. but didn't uh, come through in Spark later. Uh, Maxi also joined us for after the sequel, and I believe a guy called Paul Beathers joined us for Spark. Mm-hmm. So the team right now is a team of about six people. So it's it's still the same team from back in yeah. almost yeah. from the beginning, Just with right? Some additions. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. It's That's like really a more nice. complicated Sonic Heroes team, basically, except for all just sound designers. It's it's me, the guy who does everything else, and there's the music guys. Oh, I do the sounds uh, as well, by the way. <laughs> always, always adding new characters, just like a Sonic game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so after, uh, after, after the sequel, you did something else, right? Uh, yes, I did a game called Sonic Chrono Adventure, mm-hmm. which is my attempt at just spicing up the Sonic formula a little bit and trying to make something new. In my opinion, that game is pretty polarizing. Uh, polarizing didn't really work all that well, I didn't exactly achieve what I, what I wanted with it, and I'm still not not entirely sure about it, but some people say it's my, one of my best games, while some other people say it's one of my, my worst games, it really depends on who you ask. Some people really liked it, it was kind of like a Metroidvania-ish Sonic game, mm-hmm. but it really, really wasn't a Metroidvania, it didn't turn out to be Metroidvania, so I just called it Metronic. It's like a mix between Metroid and Sonic. But it turns out it's not even Metroid. It's not even Metroid. It's just Sonic with a couple of Zelda elements. So it's not even Metroid, and so it's well. Sonelda. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Sonic. I really enjoyed it personally, yeah. but uh-huh. I enjoyed the prequel more, unfortunately. Sonic oh. before the prequel. No, I'm oh, the, <laughs> the those jokes are everywhere. <laughs> well, anyways, yeah. yeah. So, so that that was, you know, 
the moment that led you here to spark the electric chester so what happened then so um, before and after the sequel and chrono adventure were just plain fan games right then you decided to go uh, through a different route right so what did you decide to do I decided to make original games and finally start my own career at first Spark was a pretty flawed and bad concept it was a very how can I put a very simple game you couldn't really do a lot of things that you can in the final game. Mm -hmm. You could only jump, do a couple of attacks, and do a charge shot, which you had to charge all the way. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any middle ground. And the final game, you can dash, you can do several more attacks. There's so many power-ups you can get. They completely changed the way you play the game and whatnot. In the original game, there was no such thing. And I sort of just kind of, people weren't really paying any attention. People were just like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> then I sort of just, because at the time, college was going on, and I decided to just halt Spark. Completely halted it for a while. And this was, I think, back in 2012. Right? And then I decided to work on a game called XF Racing Institute, which is something else that I was also planning to make going to a commercial game. That game was my first attempt at a 3D game. It was a racing game. I put out a demo. A lot of people say it was one of my best works again, but I don't think it was that great, personally. But eventually I scrapped that, I decided to to go back to Spark, and I think this was two years ago or something, I think it was 2015? it's 2016, I think it was 2015. Uh, we're planning to do Kickstarter for Spark with the musicians way back then, but we didn't do it, we didn't go through it, but then decided, let's finally do it, let's, let's, get, let's get some songs ready, let's get a Kickstarter rolling. Uh, let's do this. And then we came up with all the plans, and then in uh, 2015, I think it was around August or July or something, we so made a Kickstarter. July 27th. It was successful? Was it? Yeah, the start of the Kickstarter. Kickstarter? July 27th oh, yeah. till the... Uh, to August 26th. That's what oh, you yeah. haven't memorized or anything? No, I don't yeah, have it memorized. I have the Kickstarter page in front of me, that's why. Oh, that's rather <laughs> convenient. <laughs> Well, it's I mean, like I prepared for the interview, <laughs> my god. Yes. Wow. <laughs> well, anyways. Anyways. Uh, anyways. I did the Kickstarter. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't reach any stretch goals, but we did meet our goals and got mm -hmm. a little bit more in that, which already helped me out quite a bit. I had at least enough money to buy a new computer, which I was still using back in the day. It was a 2008 Windows XP machine. <laughs> I don't even know what the graphics card are. It doesn't even meet the criteria for, like, you know, like the NVIDIA 970 or an 800 or whatever, a 700. It doesn't even, it, it's not even one of those. It's just like a very shitty old graphics card. And the processor is like a dual core, 32-bit, old-ass machine that developed everything on it as well. It's, it's pretty insane how far I got with that little machine. And it's still working. Like, it's, it's, it's still perfectly functional. It won't die. It won't die. <laughs> the monitor that I'm using right now is the same one that I use for that computer. It's not even a 180p monitor, and it's probably 10 years old, almost. It's gonna be. It's gonna turn 10 years old next month, and it's still working perfectly fine. People say the monitors break after a couple years, but this fucking bad boy refuses to die. Stick a magnet up to it. It works every time. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, okay. So continue the Kickstarter story. Uh, the Kickstarter was alright, and then I pretty much spent the whole entire next year developing the game. But college itself 
was torture. Uh, I went for uh, for game design in college, and to be honest, to any one of you that wants to make video games, never go to game design college. It's worthless, and you're gonna just end up with like me with thirty-seven thousand bucks of student loans that you have to pay now, and you're gonna be fucked because you're not gonna learn anything useful. You're really not. It, it doesn't teach you a lot of programming. Doesn't teach you anything about art. It just skims over the subjects and calls it a day. You just have to do it on your own. And I just got through it all my own own experience and working by myself. And I did get through it. Uh, it was really stressful. And by the end of the year, the game I think was supposed to release in August 2016, but then I decided to delay it to February the next year because you know college is really big. And I was just like, no, I can't, I can't really do this. I cannot, can't rush this. So it's better. Okay, so I'm going to delay it to February. But then turns out. When college is finally over, back in December last year, I fell into a major depression, and I never knew I had this in me. I never knew I could actually fall into depression. But I went to the psychiatrist and everything, and the reason seemed to be it was because of stress. Because those last couple of months in college were incredibly stressful. It, yeah. it was my my final college project, and it was a pretty big deal. It was pretty pretty stressful. We had a couple of team fights in between the team, whatever, because it had to be a team project. But overall, it ended up pretty well. We got a pretty good score in our class. We were the second best. And yeah, yeah, for for such a clusterfuck, we actually legitimately got we got almost a nine. I think it was an eight point eight point seven as a final college brother. This is no for such a huge deal. It's actually a pretty good score. But, Participation or whatnot. <laughs> no. But that no, that I took mean, its toll. Eight point seven out of ten is not too bad. That took its absolute toll on me, and then I. I got it from December to February until I finally was able to start taking medication, and I'm I'll, for now I'm currently feeling a lot better uh, since I was back then. But I'm still recovering. It still returns from time to time, and I still have to deal with the fear that it might return again. Yeah. This so far has actually been the worst year of my life due to that, and I'm, I'm so far just hanging in there. Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah. pretty. It's, pretty bad and I had to delay the game as well to another date which was unfortunate but then I had to delay the game again a couple of days because Valve was being a bitch uh, I sent the game for review and then it got rejected because of a very stupid reason and then I did it again it got rejected again for the same super reason and once it did it for the, they did the same thing for the third time I contacted them directly and I'm like oh yeah okay it's, it's whatever your game is ready and then I finally got my game published a couple a couple of days after it was supposed to. But yeah, yeah it was a ride, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I can see that. Yeah. So take it easy, man. One day at a time. Don't forget that. Yeah. Not easy, but. Uh, yeah. Working, working on the, the, all those college projects. Mm -hmm. So Semot and actually have been pretty pretty big, but that's why that's one of the reasons why I'm taking a break from those. As you should, Although, as you should. Any, 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 any kind of bugs that there are in the game, because mm -hmm. I'm not going to be fixing it anytime soon. A month, but it might not even be enough. Okay. A yeah. hard-earned break. Yeah, yeah I might need to... Well, I'm not really taking a break, I'm already working on other stuff, which I'm really eager to work with, but I'm not a guy who likes to take breaks. <laughs> my break is technically... Because I, I don't just make games for a living, I enjoy making them, so... Stopping is not yeah. really an option. So you you love what you do. That's that's awesome. That's awesome.
So, uh, very, very shortly for people who haven't played it yet, what's the story behind uh, Spark the Electric Chester? Well, the story around it, well, there's a huge ass uh, sort of universe I'm building with Spark. It's not really the Spark universe. There's not going to be any Spark 2 or anything. Spark's its own game. There's not going to be a Spark 2. It's going to be another Spark game. It's not going to be the same thing because I'm done with that. What I did at Spark is what it is. I want to move on to something else, which I'm already doing with the, the newest iteration of XF Racing Institute, which is a lot more like an F-Zero game, mm -hmm. which is starting to look up, look pretty good. And I want to I wanna keep working on that. But, um, it's, well, it's a little bit complicated. Plot-wise, why he's an electric jester, it's explained in bits and pieces later on in the game. But basically, he's an electric jester, and suddenly his job is replaced by a robot that is exactly like him. He gets pissed at it, and then eventually the robot starts taking over the world. When the robot starts taking over the world, Spark, being already pissed, is like, I'm gonna do something about this, I'm gonna go after that robot, he's gonna pay. So he goes after that robot, which, named, which is named Fark, by the way. Uh, it's sort of Spark, but mixed with the word Faker. So, oh, like, so with, with a K, right? With a K for people confused yeah. right now. So Fark. Uh, Fark. Fark, okay, so <laughs> don't worry. No, 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 no not, not that point. No, no. So it's Fark <laughs> with a K, and not with a T, or with a U, uh, no, nothing like that. So, yeah. Anyway, please keep going. Proceed. Fark, yes. Uh, and then, well... What happens next is you have to play the game to find out. That's brilliant PR, <laughs> brilliant commercial uh, work. Very good. Yes, play the game, buy it. Play the game, buy it now. Do it. Okay, so. Or you can just get it on Please don't do that. I saw the game on like piracy sets. I'm thinking, no, it's so young, you can't do that yet. Yes. It's already dirty. I've already seen it. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, people are crazy. People are crazy. So, so yeah, but th there's no reason to do anything else other than, than buy it and play it. Um, yeah, so uh, that, that's great. That's great. So I think this is the perfect moment after that, you know, sales pitch. Uh, the perfect moment to take a quick music break uh, and come back with, with more with Lake Fepper and something else that we have in store for the second half of this interview. Okay, so we'll just play some music from Spark the Electric Jester for you guys to enjoy. And when we come back, it's a dreaded time. <laughs> We're listening to the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega.
adding some blast processing to your day. This is Radio Sega. Hello and welcome to my review of Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap, available for PS4, Xbox One and the Nintendo Switch. The developer was Lizard Cube, it's out right now and it's uh, available for $20 or £20. So for retro game fans uh, and indeed Wonder Boy fans, I'm not really sure what else to say to you other than to go out and buy this game. For those of you who don't know what a Wonder Boy game is, maybe hold on and uh, hear what I have to say about it. So it's been 25 years since the last Wonder Boy game and even back then the Wonder Boy franchise was a bit confused and scattered across many Sega consoles. Uh, highly regarded as one of the best Wonder Boy games, Wonder Boy 3 The Dragon's Trap, developed by Westone uh, in-house um, from Sega, has always had a cult following of sorts. The game plays as a Metroidvania style game with RPG elements as well, well tiny bits of RPG elements. You uh, collect money from beaten enemies and trade them at shops for items. The main character Wonder Boy, or in this version as well Wonder Girl, has five other forms that they can uh, turn into. In fact the game actually turns you into these forms initially when you beat various bosses. Each form has their different skills and different attributes. These different characters allow you to reach different parts of the world. For example, the mouse form uh, allows you to run along checkered blocks so you can actually access parts that other characters cannot. Uh, talking about the Metroidvania style of level design, unlike Metroid or Castlevania, this game lacks a map, so you are going to have to remember the routes in which you go. At first I found that a bit frustrating, I would have liked to have uh, brought up a map and seen what areas I had explored, but when I became more familiar with the uh, like main map, I actually quite enjoyed remembering uh, if I saw a checkered block, for example, to come back later on in the game and unlock a secret item. It seems Lizard Cube have a almost obsession with this game as they really went out of their way to make this reimagining of the game. I, I don't want to call it a remake because they are so faithful to the original that it is definitely Wonder Boy 3, the Dragon's Trap, underneath this new skin and new polish. In fact, whilst researching for this review, I found out that Lizard Cube travelled to Japan and had meetings with the original development team. And it turned out that Lizard Cube actually now knew more about the game than the original makers due to their research and their diligence in, in making sure they preserve this, this cult classic. So I think I've established that this is the original game for all intents and purposes. So I might here you ask why would you want to buy a 25 year old game well it is gorgeous for one the art style and especially if you see it in motion the, the hand-drawn characters and the way they're animated is just lovely to see and the backgrounds with their parallax scrolling and kind of really 
pastely, cartoony graphics. It reminds me a lot of Rayman Legends, the uh, kind of the style of it. And I think Rayman Legends is a beautiful game as well. So yeah, I mean, check out some screenshots if you're if you're interested. And if you're a purist, then you don't have to worry because with just a click of a button, you can actually change the art back to the original sprites. I must admit, I did that for quite a while. I kept switching between the two graphical styles and eventually I just stopped that and just settled on the new style because A, it's beautiful and B, it's a bit annoying when you keep switching between the two. Also, Lizardcube have done something to update the graphic design a bit by making the secrets, which were quite obtuse in the original, a bit more obvious using the art style. So there's that plus. This being a retro game, it does suffer from some retro game problems. For example, the checkpointing is fairly brutal. You can spend a good quarter of an hour heading towards the next boss in a dungeon and you can die and then you will be sent right back to the main village hub. Saying that, I'm unsure whether Lizard Cube have tampered with any of the code of this game, but not playing the original, I'm not sure how liberal it was with its healing items. It did seem that as I was approaching uh, death or uh, nearer a boss, enemies were dropping health items more regularly. There is also a shop of sorts that kind of heals you, a nurse's station. So yeah, it's it's not easy to die, but every every time you do, it does set back your progress quite substantially. There is like a password system, which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't really see any point in it now. It saves your progress from where you are, but you can actually skip to different parts of the game. So the replayability of it is, is enhanced by that if you want to go back to that point where you only had the first three characters. You could input a password for that. And something really cool that I love is that the original Master System passwords still work on this version. So if you had your 25 year old game that you wanted to revisit with brand new graphics and a new score, then yeah, you could input that into this game and it would take you to that exact point of the game. Really cool, I love that feature. And it just goes to show again how much Lizard Cube really obviously loved this game and wanted to bring it back into the kind of mainstream limelight. The controls at first felt a bit old school to me, go figure, it's an old game. The jump's a bit stubby, uh, the character skids around and there is a bit of a delay between you pressing the button and your attack coming out, which at the start of the game did lose me a lot of health just because I was mistiming my sword hits. But then I got used to it and actually it felt just fine, it felt good for the environment and it wasn't. I wasn't really missing any jumps, there was no uh, difficult platforming bits near the end of the game that, well, that I found. So yeah, it's an old game, so it feels like an old game, but I'd rather that than them implement a double jump or something. Speaking about making the game easier, there are three difficulty settings, easy, medium and hard. Very, very good there. The hard version's interesting. I feel like I might actually revisit this game because I enjoyed the first playthrough so much and play it on hard with retro graphics and retro music. 
it has like a, a timer that reduces your hearts. So you have to kind of complete areas a lot quicker than you would on easy or medium. If you are finding the game a bit too frustrating uh, with its lack of checkpoints, you can complete the whole game on easy mode where your health is substantially higher. So the likelihood of you dying and getting sent back to the village hub is a lot less likely. On the whole, Wonderboy The Dragon's Trap is a really fantastic game and I'm so thankful for Lizard Cube for remaking this game and bringing it back into the limelight because I would never have played this game if it wasn't for their efforts and their kind of joy of bringing back this classic. You can really tell that the developers were in love with this game because of the amount of detail, the amount of passion and the amount of charm that kind of seeps through every single aspect of this game from the animation to the music to the almost fanaticism of keeping it as true to the original as possible i think the only thing they could have done to make it even more authentic was to sell the actual physical copy of the game with a master system controller so yeah for retro fans and Wonderboy fans I have no idea why you sat through this review and not out actually playing it right now. For people who are vaguely interested in retro gaming I think this is a great entry level game because it's actually not as unforgiving as I originally thought it was and for everyone else just give it a try you know it's it's fantastic and as I said I'm really really grateful to LizardCube for bringing this this awesome game back. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. And this week we're here with Lake Feppard. Hello, Lake. Welcome back. Yeah, what's up? Oh, oh still still aching. Yeah, I'm back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, very good. Yeah, still wrecking of Rick. Yeah, yeah. So it's Rick time. Of Rick. It's great. It's time for, for something different here uh, on the Sega Lounge. Uh, so each week we have something special. We have like a surprise for our guests, um, and this <laughs> week is no, is no is no uh, exception. Uh, so, are you familiar with the Sega Lounge Challenge, Blake Feppard? No fucking clue. Okay, that's the response I like. <laughs> that's the response we like. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, it's time oh, for you to, to know what it is, uh, but it's not the same if we don't play the intro. So, get ready for the intro to the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now, you know our guests. They're amazing. They're stars. But are they ready for the Sega Lounge Challenge? It can be a quiz in reverse music. It can be anything we want. Welcome, welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. Okay, and so that was the Sega Lounge Challenge intro. <laughs> and I ruined it for you. Uh, no, it's okay. So I hope I hope you're ready, uh, Lake Feppard, for the Sega Lounge Challenge. So as the man said there, it can be anything we want. Uh, what do you think would be a good challenge for you? Uh, um, <laughs> um, it's probably not that, so... Take a seat. That's a good challenge. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you what the challenge is. Sit still for three minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably, yes. 
don't don't make any new games. Uh, that's not oh, the challenge. Shit. The challenge is something we like to call Sega Jeopardy. Are you familiar oh, with no. Jeopardy? I guess so. So that, that game show in which people get the answers and have to give the questions. Okay, so so that this is exactly the same, but with Sega. All right. So we have several different categories. Um, and um, actually, I just remembered that I forgot to share this with. Not the biggest Sega nerd, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. We have we have several different categories, so. Let me share this with my co-host, so you, so he can also, um, you know, ask some some questions or, or answers or whatever. So here's the here's the Sega Jeopardy board. Um, so Lake Feppard, we have several different categories. What we want you to do is to get five correct uh, questions. In this case, this is always very very confusing because you get you have to give the questions and not the answers. But uh, let's see how this goes. So let's start with some simple, some really nice and easy categories. So we have Sega consoles, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Sega characters. Okay, so which one will you go uh, for? Go for Sonic first. So Sonic the Hedgehog. So I'm, I'm going to go first. A stage or zone in the Sonic the he uh, in Sonic the Hedgehog 3 featured music which was later discovered to be a cover of a song by the Jetsons. What what is the stage? Launch base. So you said launch base. Is that yes. your final answer? Yes. Unfortunately, that is not correct. No, no, no. It was Ice Cap. Ice oh, Cap Zone. Yeah, so that that's you know, Hard Times by the Jetsons, which is the actually yeah actually the the, the, the music for uh, Ice Cap Zone from Sonic Three. Okay, so one one down, but no no. Not a correct answer, so we need five. We still need five. Let's see how, how it goes. Uh, let's pick some other categories. So we have Sega consoles, Sega characters, and Sega arcade games. Which one will you go for? Go for arcade games. Sega arcade but, uh, games. I have no fucking clue anything. <laughs> this is gonna be amazing. <laughs> okay, Guess so like Viper, would you like to pick one? Um, sure, from Sega arcade games. Hmm. Developed by Sega AM2, this 1987 game put you in control of an F-14 Tomcat jet. Oh, uh, 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 it's a burner. Hmm. So your answer is afterburner. Yeah, afterburner. What do you think, Viper? Is he correct? It's a pretty good guess, but um, I don't know. Should I, should I say it or should you play the sound effect? I don't know. Yay! It's correct! Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. So we have one correct answer. Four more to go. Very good, very good. I, I actually got that right because I know the jet. <laughs> not the game, but... I know but what a Tomcat sure. is. Whoa, <laughs> no, not the game, it. but I know the jet. <laughs> okay. Outrun. Yeah, outrun, yes, outrun. 
Um, <laughs> shout out to yes. PT Kikas. Okay, so uh, let's go with another category. So we have Sega consoles, Sega characters, and Sega developing teams. Go for Sega characters. Sega characters. So my turn. My turn. Uh, let's go with this one. This classic character is said to be a nightmare and can dualize with humans. Oh, you mean real? Mm -hmm. So, what is your final answer? Reala or Knights? So Reala or Knights? Two different from characters. Knights, yeah. So know, from the game Knights. Okay, so your final answer is Reala. Reala, and it's not correct. <laughs> Actually, oh, no? the, okay. the answer was Knights. Knights himself. Oh, or, I heard Nightmarian like the probably the villain. Yeah, Knights is also Nightmarian, and and dualizes oh, okay. with humans. The answer was actually, who is Knights? No, no. Who is Knights? Will we ever find out? We will. We, yeah, I don't think so. Because we got the answer. Actually, yeah. androgynous clown. Yes. No yes. Knights. Who is Spark the Electric Jester? Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a huge explanation behind that. <laughs> okay. So, let's go with another one. So now we have Sega consoles. Sega developing teams and Mega Drive or Genesis games. Go for consoles. Consoles. Viper. Oh yeah, I need to actually get the document up again. That would help, wouldn't it? Um. So professional. Sega consoles. Oh, because there's a separate section. Okay. It's the first. Um. Very successful in Japan, this console was portrayed in the Sega Hard Girls universe as a girl with black hair and eyes of different colours, one blue and one green. Oh, is it the... Oh. Is it the Saturn girl? Wait, oh, hold on. No. I'm gonna go with the Game Gear girl. Game Gear. Would you like, would you like to, re to hear the, the question again? Nah, no, I don't mind. So your final answer is? Game Gear. Viper? Um, wait, hang on, am I allowed to say or do you want me to <laughs> Yes, say you want to say it. You can say it. Fine, I, I can face palm because you said the right answer and then you changed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it was the Saturn. It was the Saturn, oh. yes. Yeah, no, it's actually uh, because of the two processors that, that the console had, and so two oh. different eye colors. Yeah, really nice touch there. Yeah, so so uh, mm, no dice, no dice. Let's see if if we get an, a good <laughs> a good one next. So let's see. We have uh, I lost track. We have. The Sega developing teams, Mega Drive or Genesis games, and now we have Saturn games as well. I know nothing about Saturn games. Go for the other one. So, developing teams or Mega Drive games? Yeah. Uh, go for the Mega Drive games. Mega Drive games. So, this one is mine. Um, let's go with this one. 
in this 1995 game, you play as Sketch Turner, who is trapped inside his own comic book and has to fight oh. his own creations. Oh, it's Comic Zone. There's no other game like it, I don't think. Hopefully not. Yeah, apart from the actual answer, who, uh, which was... No, no, oh. I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. There's no... That's, it's comic <laughs> stuff. There's no other game like it. <laughs> very good. This, this yeah. suspense. Yes, very good job. So we have two correct answers. Can we get one more? Can we get one more? Can so do that? <laughs> probably not. Developing teams, Saturn games, or Dreamcast games. Developing teams. Also, don't know about the Dreamcast. <laughs> okay, so Viper. This is a hard one. Let me get the question up. Um, Seriously. <laughs> okay, so responsible for games like Jet Set Radio, Jet Set Radio Future, and Panzer Dragoon Alter, this division of Sega has a logo that resembles a Jack in the Box. So, l let me... Oh. Should, should we give him, like, m multiple options? No, just give me a negative answer. I have no fucking idea. So, let, uh, let's give him... <laughs> three options, okay? Let's give him three options. So, AM2, Smilebit, or Hitmaker. So, they these people Jesus, did man. Jet Set Radio, Jet Set Radio Future, Panzer Dragoon, Orta. So, AM2, Smilebit, or Hitmaker. Yes! I'm just gonna go to AM2. Whatever. Final no answer. Idea. Final answer. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It was smile bit. It was smile bit. Never heard of it. <laughs> okay. They have a very game library of like two different franchises. <laughs> okay. So 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 so. Uh, one last question. One final question. And. If you get this one correctly, you win the game, okay? So, you get to, you get to pick from Dreamcast games, Master System games, Sega Music, or post-Dreamcast games. Oh, I'll go for post-Dreamcast games. Post-Dreamcast games, okay. So, remember, this is the last one. This series of games, most of them released for the PlayStation family of systems, is set in Kamurocho, Japan. Hmm. Very successful series of games. Is it Yakuza? I'm gonna go with Yakuza. You said Yakuza. Is that your final answer? Right? Because it is my final answer. Because it's, you know, the, the last question. Yes. It would be nice if you could get, like, a correct answer. Whatever, man, just give me the thing. <laughs> so is, just guess it is he correct, Viper? Is he correct? Uh, I don't. I actually don't know for once. I think I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's correct! <laughs> 
It is Yakuza! <laughs> this suspense! Like it wasn't 100. Yes, so, so stressful. Very good! Okay! <laughs> <laughs> this is even more stressful than making a, 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 a sparked electric gesture. Uh, <laughs> How? This... Okay, very good. Good job. So you, you got the final answer correctly. This means you get the Sega Lounge seal of approval. Um, <laughs> you get absolutely nothing. No, no, no. Hey, yeah. No, no, no. You get the seal of approval. Very good. You get a good job. I love it. Here's the seal of approval. It's a little seal. I love it. Yeah, it's a little seal with two thumbs up. I still get freaked out by the, the, the thumbs and the fingers. Yeah, they're pretty weird, but... Yeah, a seal with fingers. It's a seal of approval, man. <laughs> the seal shouldn't have Great. thumbs, it's weird. Okay. Look at it, it's, it's giving a wink. How <laughs> can you not love that? You know, this man appreciates my seal of approval. Uh, he appreciates <laughs> art. <laughs> Excellent. It's a masterpiece. Okay, so so um, it's it's been fun. Um, we're almost <laughs> done with with our interview, uh, Lake. Uh, I, I hope you you enjoyed yourself, especially during the, <laughs> that really tense Sega Launch challenge. Um, so before we go, <laughs> um, what would you like to tell people uh, who have never played Spark the Electric Chess or have never heard about it? Uh, so a, another Simple. another sales Try pitch. The demo. Yeah. Try the demo. If you liked it, buy it. Okay. Is it? Buy it anyway. Yeah, I would. Say, I would have said <laughs> that. Buy it anyway, or like die. Game, if you don't like, if, if you if you play the whole game, and you can still refund the thing, and you don't like it, you can refund it. I don't mind. I, I want people to enjoy my game. If you don't enjoy my game, I don't want your money. So I want you. I want you to 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 look at it, see it, see if you it's the thing you enjoy, and then you can go ahead and buy it. Because mm -hmm. I have I have faith that my game's good. And it will satisfy you. Okay. If you know you enjoyed that sort of thing. Those that that's a better sales pitch. Yes, I think so. Yeah. If Great. you don't enjoy the thing, um, you won't enjoy it. This just in groundbreaking news. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, honest. by the way, about about the gameplay aspect of it. So, what can people expect from it? You know, if if people are are going oh, in blind, what, what it, is it? Sonic. Is it something yes, it's else? Very much, it's very it's much just like a Kirby Sonic. and Sonic clone. It's it's very much like Sonic, but it's also very much like Mega Man X and Kirby. So is it a mix between uh, several games that I enjoyed as a kid? It's a mix of elements from all of them, and yeah, I hope people that have enjoyed any of those games will actually really enjoy this. I thought it felt a bit like um, Postman if you ever played that the Japanese Mega Drive game. Mm -hmm. Postman. Pulseman, Pulseman, yeah. Oh, Pulseman? By the, the people who did Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that spark. Okay, so I, I think I think that's that's a good way to put it. So if you if you want if you like Sonic, uh, Mega Man X, and Kirby, and even Pulseman, try and buy Spark the Electric Chester. How can people uh, get this game? By the way, it's on Steam currently. Uh, it's being sold for $14.99. Uh, if you're from Brazil, it should be 14 uh, bucks in Brazil's currency, $14.99. Ouch. I remember it's um, <laughs> £10.99. Yeah, no, but it should be, it should be 
uh, the correct currency uh, for most people, I guess. It's, it's $49, so it's not, it's not too expensive, I guess, and it's it has a pretty lengthy campaign, has a lot of levels in it. Some people also, I like the bonus content. about five hours to finish. Yeah, there's a lot of bonus stuff, there's a lot of post-game content, including a campaign, which after, after I finish the game, there's a whole new campaign with a whole new character for you to play as, with new level design, new bosses, and new boss patterns, and new enemies as well. So it has a pretty big package over there for fourteen ninety nine. Hopefully you yeah. enjoy it. Awesome. And there's somebody already has sixty hours in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are people that have so many hours in it. So I just checked uh, Steam and it's fourteen ninety nine euros as well. So for people in, in Europe, okay. fourteen ninety nine pounds, right, Viper? It's it's ten ninety nine pounds from when I bought it. I don't know oh, where it's okay. gone up. Maybe. Mm, yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, it depends. It's it makes sense. based on the, on the dollar, how it was at the time that it was set. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it should be a little bit less in pounds. Okay, so so that's that's great. Uh, people can get it on Steam. We'll, we'll actually include um, a link to the Steam page uh, on, on the podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, uh, as per usual, check the description and you'll find a link. To, to spark the electric gesture right there. Um, I was going to ask something else and I just forgot. So let's let's move on. Let's carry on. <laughs> uh, it'll All come right. to me eventually. So uh, are you working on anything that you can share with people right now? Yes. Uh, I've been sharing public demos of XF uh, Racing Institute a lot. And I mean, it's not entirely available to the public. It was available in the Sonic Ring in HQ. Uh, chat Discord server. Uh, if you can, if you can look at, look it up and dig through it and try to find it, you should be able to find it. Mm-hmm. But I've mostly been posting pictures of it on Twitter as well, and there's some videos on YouTube which you can already see. Uh, there's a little bit of progress in there. I've already made a lot more progress in that video, which I should be making a new one soon as well. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. If I feel like it one day. If I feel know. like it, yes. <laughs> so stay tuned or don't. Stay tuned or don't. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remembered what, what I was going to ask, or not ask, but just tell people. So if you're, uh, if you're, if you play uh, Spark the Electric Chester, uh, and if you look closely, there's a Radio Sega reference in there somewhere. Thanks to Andy, by the way, for that, for... Uh, getting in touch with you, like, and, and making that happen. So, if you're familiar with our current logo, you won't find it in in the game. But if you're curious about our future logo, you'll find it. In, it's in, in there in a special route that you can find for a specific character. Mm-hmm. I totally it's only available uploaded. once unlock it. Yeah. So if you're if you're curious about it, just get Spark the Electric Chester and check out our future logo. Radio Sega's future logo. <laughs> uh, exclusively in Spark the Electric Chester. And probably <laughs> some YouTube or Twitch Yo, stream that me. Viper put up, but no one cares. Uh, right, Viper? <laughs> I, found it, I found it funny that like, a lot of people who even on the staff said they hadn't seen the logo until I posted it on Twitter and I'm thinking, you're not in, more in connection. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's like, really. Oh, that's the first time you see. It's it. a real secret. Yeah, it's a real secret. Yeah, so it's a real secret they found in the first five uh, minutes of playing. I, I have real, to say, <laughs> I have to say that uh, uh, I wasn't. You know, Andy had to do some convincing 
for me to to uh, allow that to happen. So enjoy it, people who play Spark Electric Chester. Okay, <laughs> so um, any any shout outs to the people who did the music? You already mentioned a few of them. Uh, yeah, like, but shout outs to shout outs to my bro Falk for handling most of, it, of, of the soundtrack and finishing everything last minute. <laughs> uh, shout outs to to Andy Dunstall for amazing work, like always. Shout outs to Badgeman or Fun Fiction, the you know being known for tracks like Sunset Heights and Carolina Forest, still amazing as ever. Uh, shout outs to Maxi, still pretty good as ever. Uh, Paul, the new guy coming in, his tracks being, so far being pretty good. Network Coast is being a great example of his work. And uh, James for you know the track that pretty much gets people hooked in the game, in the second stage. Uh, and I don't think I forgot about anybody else. Yeah, I think that's it. And, and yeah. if if there's yeah, anyone else, you suck and you're fired. <laughs> Informal way of announcing it. <laughs> because yeah. if if you're so great, how come he doesn't remember you? So that's that means you suck. So you're fired. No, I'm I'm firing you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Any other shoutouts that you want to give? Nah, that's mostly it so far. Okay. Very good. So, Lake, thank you so much for for coming on the Sega Lounge. It's been a blast. Um, all the best for Spark the Electric Chester. Um, oh, I know there was one question that people kept uh, asking me. So. Is there any chance we can see this game in a platform other than PC in the future? Or Steam? Well, everyone is asking me that, but unfortunately to do that, either it's going to require a lot of money, or it's just going to require some really tough programming that I'm really not... It's not at my level yet, and I've spoken to really good programmers that it might not even be at their level yet. Mm -hmm. in, in reality, I'm looking into it, it may be possible. I'm probably going to try my best to get a Switch dev kit and put it on the Switch, but it's, it may not be possible as well. So I can't really confirm anything. I'm going to try, but chances are probably not. Okay, so don't get your hopes up, but don't give up hope don't get, either. Yeah, don't get your hopes up. But don't no, give no, no, up no. hope either. Give up most hope until I say so. <laughs> <laughs> Sega fans are good at not giving up hope, so you know, yeah. they've got oh. some like, work in. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, you know, guys. Hashtag save uh, Spark the Electric Chester. Uh, <laughs> starting right now, save a Spark. Yeah, save Spark is better. It's no. save Spark tweetathon uh, coming third so, of May. Third of every month. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you never know what will happen. Uh, <laughs> okay, very good. So. Uh, Lake, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. All the best for Spark and all yeah, your future projects. Okay, uh, we'll we'll Sorry. take a quick break yet again to play some more Spark uh, tunes, and we'll also have this week's edition of Memories of Sega, and we'll be right back with the After Hours segment. So keep it here. This is the Sega Lounge on Radio Sega. <laughs>
week a different guest, Sega music, news, and whatever else we can think of. The Sega Lounge, only on Radio Sega. From the 90s to the present, take a trip back in time with A Winner Was You as he looks back at the Sega games that defined his life. Memories of Sega. You know the term rose-tinted spectacles, where you go back to a game or movie you loved as a child only to find it wasn't as good as you remembered? Well, this week's edition of Memories of Sega focuses on a game that, for me at least, fits into that category. The game in question is Alex Kidd in Shinobi World, a platformer release of Master System in 1990. This was the sixth and last game to star Alex Kidd, and was very much a parody of the original Shinobi. Many of the stages, bosses and music were based heavily on Sega's seminal ninja game, and was a personal favourite of mine as a child. The plot sees Alex's girlfriend being kidnapped by an evil ninja, so our hero is given the power to fight against him and his henchmen. Each of the game's four stages is split into three acts, two normal acts and a boss level, which, as I mentioned before, are all based on the bosses from the original Shinobi. This game does have a few unique features that set it apart from the original though, mainly Alex's moveset. His main weapon is a sword, though he can upgrade this to a throwing knife for a longer range combat. He can also climb up poles and use them to spin into a fireball, which enables you to travel longer distances. The extra life system is also quite interesting as well. Basically, if you open up a chest containing a health power-up when you're already at full health, you'll find an extra life instead. With this in mind, if you're good enough to avoid getting hit, you can rack up lives quite easily. All these features added up to a game I quite fondly remembered in my childhood. My first encounter with this game was in the leaflet that came with my master system. This showed many of the uh, games currently available, and having only played Alex Kid in Miracle World at the time, I was actually quite surprised to see no less than three other games starring the character. Alex Kid in Shinobi World was one of those games. As I'd enjoyed Miracle World, I was naturally interested in the other games as well. I'd eventually get to rent all three of them from my local video shop, so that was how I got to play Shinobi World. When I played it for the first time, I was instantly smitten. The graphics were great, keeping the Shinobi-themed atmosphere while making it more cartoony and colourful. I also loved the music, especially on the first stage. It really got me pumped for the rest of the game. Most of all, I really enjoyed the gameplay. The many moves and level design made the game feel so much fun at the time. I made progress fairly quickly, soon making it to the final boss, but I was never able to beat him. I also found the last two levels especially hard, but in a fun way. It was a game I wish I could actually own, but I never did in my childhood. That time wouldn't come until my adulthood. Sometime after buying my second Mega Drive and my hunt to rebuild my collection, I bought a new Master System as well and started rebuilding my collection with that too. Sometime later, I found a copy of Alex Kidd and Shinobi World at my local cash converters and immediately snapped it up. Having loved it as a kid, I couldn't wait to play it again. However, playing it a good ten years later proved a strangely different experience. I just... didn't find it as fun as I did back then. The main issue I had was with the controls. They felt rather slippery and even a little unresponsive. This made the game feel a bit more frustrating than it did before and not in the fun way it was last time. I eventually fought my way back to a final boss again, but still couldn't beat him, and getting there was such a pain I wasn't all that willing to try again. So this is a bit of a strange one then. I'm sure there are a good number of people out there who love this game now as much as um, they did when they were younger, but I'm not really one of them. As I said before, this was definitely a case of rose-tinted spectacles for me, which is a shame. 
As such, it's one I find difficult to recommend, though you may end up appreciating it more than I do these days. Thankfully, this is one of the few classic games that I feel this way about, as most of my favourites from my youth are just as good today as they've always been. Just wish I could say the same about this one. Memories of Sega the Sega Lounge, it's time for our After Hours segment. So, we're just pretty much drunk right now after all those drinks in the lounge. Sounds rather cozy. Yeah, it's nice. It's After Hours. So, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the interview we had with Lake Feppard. Also, uh, that you have been uh, enjoying the music from Spark the Electric Chester. Don't forget to check it out on Steam. We'll share some links on Discord and on the podcast description for podcast listeners. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Um, hopefully, you've, you've enjoyed the show. Don't forget to you know let us know if you have any suggestions for um, for the Sega Lounge, like guests that you'd like to see on the show, um, websites. Mail, we that. Sorry. Hate mail, we accept that. Yeah, that kc at radiosega.net. You know the drill by now. Every week I, I repeat this. So hate mail, kc at radiosega.net, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, or just you know, find me on Discord. Like, find me. You know, stalk me there. Hunt and you down. Send me, hunt me down and send me a DM with, kc I hate you. Why? Please stop. Or something. Yeah. Cancel the radio station. <laughs> yeah, all together, yeah. And kill yourself. No, first kill yourself and then cancel the radio station and burn it down. Um, no particular order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, not much to say uh, apart from radiose.ga/shows. That's where you should go to check out our full lineup of live shows. 
Um, also, one one other thing. Um, issue number three of Megavisions will be coming out next week. And so there's a, a short, quick preview of an interview with it with um, with uh, Fonzie. Uh, his his name is Gwenal Gude, but it's easier to just use the nickname Fonzie. He's from Watermelon Games, and they're doing a new um, a new uh, game for the Mega Drive, a new cartridge game, like for the actual Mega Drive, the console, called Peprium. And so um, it's it's really nice to, to know about the process of creating this and, um, and about uh, the soundtrack and all of that. So uh, if you if you're curious and if you want to uh, take a listen to a short preview we have on Mega Megavisions before the actual interview airs on Radio Sega, you should uh, check out Megavisions issue number three next week. There's also a soundtrack. Um, a playlist, I mean, uh, of remixes curated by Rexy, uh, mostly Sonic this time because the cover of Mega Visions issue number three is dedicated to Sonic. So there's that to look forward to. Awesome. So uh, Viper, anything else you want to say? It's it's kind of interesting that the next Radio Sega live show. Uh, after this one is actually Topical Resort. I find that quite fascinating, yes. Indeed. To celebrate the release of a few things, we'll be looking at Sonic Fan Games and Hacks. Because not only was there Spark, we also had Sonic Time Twisted this week and just felt like looking at them, why not really? You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> okay. Actually, I can, why but not? okay. Uh... <laughs> With force. <laughs> yes. KC Forces coming holiday 2017 until it's delayed and then we'll just see when it comes out <laughs> it's K- classic KC modern KC and Bubsy yeah anyway uh, to Topical Resort uh, tomorrow at 7pm Western Europe or British Summertime um, so something to look forward to uh, followed by Sega Mixer Drive at 9pm with Rexy anything else you'd like to promote Viper. I don't think so. I don't want to sell out, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's good. That's good. So, Topical Resort on Radio Sega. Fridays at 7pm. Uh, we'll leave you with, with uh, another track from Spark the Electric Chester. It's, it's a great soundtrack. Um, and I hope to see you all next week with yet another guest. And something else. We, we, we're, not, uh, we're never sure what, what will happen on the next show. That's how we roll. So we'll see. Maybe we'll, have, maybe we'll have memories of Sega. Maybe we'll have the news desk. Maybe we'll have something else. Who knows? No one. Plot twist. Now from Sega shows up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nintendo. So it's a Nintendo-based show next week. Ta-da! Hooray. Yeah. So I've been Kissy. I've been joined by the lovely Viper. Two words that have never been put together before. Lovely and Viper. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for coming on the Sega Lounge Viper and helping I'm me. I'm gonna go and cry now. With the interview. Words. <laughs> uh, and so we'll be back next week. Bye bye. So long. Adieu.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.